Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you're at the time of this recording. This is episode 42 of the Restricted Zone podcast. And I'm coming in this episode with a lot of basketball, only basketball with my fellow co-hosts and the special co-hosts, of course. So I'm going to let my usual, usual co-hosts introduce themselves. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm telling you, how's everybody doing today? That's good. That's what's up. Mario, introduce yourself, man. I'm cool, Colin. Thanks for having me today. Big thanks. Greg, introduce yourself, man. You guys ready to debate? Uh, definitely. Kyrie, all right, everyone else introduce themselves. Uh, so then we also got a special guest from another podcast called Straight to the Point. It's just as interesting, dynamic. It's definitely fun, fun to listen to. Chris, introduce yourself, man. Uh, what's going on, y'all? Thank y'all for having me. Glad to be here. Ready to get some, get some good debates going on. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, it's just strictly basketball in this episode, and I got it for you right now. But first things first, we're going to talk about the second round. Even though it's over, it's been a couple of days, we definitely didn't get to touch on it on the previous episode. We made some predictions. All of it were practically wrong, <laughs> especially the Sixers losing, which we'll definitely dive into. But we're going to talk about some of the biggest takeaways in the second round and the biggest disappointments, whether it came to uh, an individual player the team overall, the culture. So I'm going to start off with a special co-host today. I'm going to start off with you. From the second round, <coughs> what was the best second round for you? In your opinion, what was the biggest surprises and disappointments, whether it was the player, the team itself? Like, what some of the takeaways you could take from the second round? Chris, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, that was for you. Okay, I think, honestly speaking, you can't mention the second round without, you know, a certain 6'10 point guard from Australia. But if, ah, you, look we're at, jumping if, in. if you look at the positives, I'm, I'm going to back out. If you look at the positives, look at Phoenix um, and the way that the Phoenix Suns have been playing. A lot of people really didn't expect them. I know I didn't. I didn't expect them to really be legitimate, you know. Um, I didn't think that, that Devin Booker, Chris Paul, like, you know, Chris Paul, always got something going on in the playoffs, even with the COVID. Like he's always, he got the shoulder, he's got the hamstring, he's got the knee, whatever. <laughs> always something. He's got the State Farm commercials. He's always got something that's kind of holding him back. So for him and his team to advance to this point, it's the Western Conference Finals. I think that that's something that kind of took me by surprise. You look at Brooklyn not making the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think anybody had that. Even if you thought Milwaukee was formidable, like I don't think anyone even thought that Milwaukee could stand a chance. Seven game <laughs> series with Brooklyn. Um, so I, if I actually, I, say, I did. Actually, I did. <laughs> you did? Oh, yeah, Greg did. Greg did. So, congratulations <laughs> to him. Okay, so some, some, people, some people had it, but a lot of people, the majority of people, I should say, didn't, didn't see that coming. So, if you look at just one in the East and one in the West, I think that the rise of Phoenix is something that. If, if they end up winning the title this year, I think they're going to be one of those teams that kind of sticks around, kind of like how Golden State did for years and years because they're, they're still relatively young. What, AJ Chris, Chris Paul? Chris Paul's 36. Except for Chris, Chris Paul's 36, but, like, Booker's young. Aiton's young. Bridges right. is young. Sark right. is still relatively young. Like, you have a lot of young pieces. So, in the see a point guard. They just need, like, if they get a veteran point guard, a, a younger, let's say Chris Paul retires in the next two, three, four, five years, right? 
get right. another veteran point guard that can kind of do what Chris Paul does. You know, he doesn't be as good as Chris Paul, but that team can compete long term. Like they have the pieces. So I don't know. I, I just definitely, that's definitely sound. He made some, you made some key arguments. I mean, Mars. So coming from the second round. So what was some of the biggest takeaways from you? Like Chris, he mentioned the Suns. Sun, the Suns to me were definitely one of the highest points. Also, I got talking about the Hawks. Yeah, I definitely mentioned them. But what was some of the biggest takeaways from you and disappointments, whether it was like the individual player, the team overall? Like what was your thoughts in the second round, Mark? Um, disappointed in Philadelphia. Um yeah, disappointed in Philadelphia. The team itself. Well, a couple of people on the team itself. The Suns, I like what the Suns are doing, but I'm not really sold on the Suns because every team they beat had an injury so with them moving forward i'd like to see what they will become but every team mm. like every team the suns beat somebody was injured so i'm not that, really sold on them that so. actually is, is a key point i think a lot of people miss not to underestimate the suns i think they're still they're yeah still like not. moving forward not to cut you off my bad but moving no, forward no. but moving forward i mean like i think they're gonna get better I, I look at them as like the nuggets like not saying that they're gonna lose this year or even if they win the next year um I just felt like they're so young that they're just here and like they're playing because they want to be here. But I feel like they have more to learn and more to overgrow and more to come, especially with um, my agent, Chris Paul. So I just feel like moving forward, I'm not really sold yet because, like I said, Kawhi's out, Jamal Murray was out and Anthony Davis went down. So I'm not really sold on the Suns just yet. But uh, the Hawks, that might be one of the teams I didn't see really, you know, but that goes all that all goes back to the Sixers. And then somebody I'm disappointed in is Steve Nash. I don't care if he's never coached before. I don't I don't care. I don't I don't care what you're telling me. That man, I'll sit. Yeah, I'm just yeah, Steve so Nash. What? So what's wrong with Steve Nash? What he's terrible. He's what? terrible. He is wow. ter- there's no way. There's no way with Kevin Durant. Like you can tell me Joe Harris. I don't care about Joe Harris. You could tell him, like, there's no way with 12 seconds left down two points. Your your best player got the rebound, and he played almost every minute in the last two games, almost every minute in this overtime game, and you didn't call a timeout not one time, and you wow. got two of them, and you got two of them. Mind you, Kevin Durant didn't score in overtime. He didn't get a bucket. So why wouldn't you call a timeout with the last shot on the line? So, yeah, he just – I don't – you don't, like – you don't have to – you don't have to ex- – like, you don't have to be an ex-coach – to do what I want him to do. I just want him to do the bare minimum. When your team yeah. is losing on the run, call timeout. When you when your team when you when you see your, your team is gassed and they're losing, like when like I said, Kevin Durant had the rebound, you call timeout. And when there's certain defense adjustments you make, you got to make those adjustments. That's just the bare minimum as a coach. I didn't ask you to go and run plays for the people. I just said do the <laughs> bare minimum. If you can't do the bare minimum, you don't need to be on the coaching staff. No, that's definitely fair. That's a complete sound argument. I can't even go against that one. I mean, Chris, so I want to ask Chris from straight to the point. Would you rather have Doc Rivers or Steve Nash as a head coach? Um, pass. What kind of question is that? Pass. I just wanted to see. I wanted to see. I wanted to see. I just, I'm, I'm, what? I'll pass and respectfully defer my time. I want. Thank you. I I'm, not, not, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like y'all drag it. I feel like y'all drag it with Doc. I'm not going to lie. 
I'm not saying that Doc doesn't have a reputation, bro. But like, if you're asking, would you rather have Steve Nash or or Doc Rivers, and y'all saying y'all pass, or how is that a terrible? I feel like y'all dragging it, bro. Like Doc Rivers passed. Huh? Yo, Greg, Greg, oh, Greg, Steve Nash is in his first season coaching the NBA. Who is disagreeing with you? And Doc Rivers is an NBA champion. Nobody is disagreeing with you. Oh my god. Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, Greg. Hold on, Greg, 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 Greg. Please, bro. You can say Doc won a championship, but without the championship, what is Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers, without his championship, is Kyrie Irving, if you want to be honest. If you want to be honest, Doc Rivers without his, without the championship is probably like at first I was going to say probably like what's the name of the boy that used to coach the Houston Rockets, but Doc Rivers yeah. is a, like at least without that championship, he also went to another finals. Like I don't understand. Like and he also like, blew three three one leads. Okay, I understand that, and I, that's cool. But Doc Rivers' resume speaks for uh, Doc Rivers' resume. Bro, 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 hold on, hold on, bro. A lot of men can't compete where Doc Rivers is at, bro. That's not bro, you got cool. one championship. You said that's not bro, cool. and that was not, that was a decade. Doc Rivers' That was over a decade. He won. He won one championship, and he went to two, and he lost in the the other one in Game Seven. Like, come on, I can't wait. You talking about something from over a decade ago, bro? What is he doing? Okay, oh, how about this? No. How about well, I'm so sorry. Like, come on, you talking about 2008 to 2010? Like, what, bro? What after that? What about okay. 2011, 12, 13? Yeah, this man too much credit. I see why you want to miss your head coach. Because if Doc Rivers takes the wait, if Doc Rivers takes the, the Sixers to, to the NBA championship next year, right? Am I going are you going to are, are you going to have the same energy that y'all having right now? Yes. Well, listen, I won't say nothing. You said yes? Yes. He hasn't done it yet. Hold on, y'all were making an argument that Doc Rivers' most relevant stuff was a decade ago, bro. I was making the same argument for PG, like, bro, PG, like, his biggest playoff successes were coming in 2013, 2014, and yet, y'all are hitting me up in 2021, talking about, so y'all see what Paul George is doing? Like, there wasn't a seven-year gap. And you talking about what Doc Rivers is doing, like, he's doing something right now. Exactly. So, if y'all go, if y'all can give PG the benefit of that, what are you talking about? As a coach. How do you blame Paul George when Paul George and Doc Rivers were on the same team for that 3-1 lead, but you don't blame Doc? I didn't say I didn't blame Doc, but Doc Rivers has a resume. But I'm just saying, though, you said Doc has a great resume. He has one championship, bro. Like, that's what are you talking resume. about? That's that's a lot. That's more than, like, more than, than half the coaches in the And he blew, and he also blew three, three, one leads, which is more than any coach. No coach has done more than one. He, he, he did it three. He is six and nine in game sevens. That is terrible <laughs> for a head coach. Bro, bro, I'm looking, bro, I'm looking at some of the, it could, like, you can, okay, you can blame it on Doc, maybe you can say that he didn't get them motivated enough, right? But, like, bro, you trying to tell me? That's a, that's an issue. Some, bro, some of the stuff that was happening, in, for instance, in this Sixer series, was Doc Brewer's fault, bro? Yes! Like, come on, bro. Sixers lost! He had Seth Curry on the 6-7. He had 6-2, Seth Curry. You had George Hill, Garden, the new all right, listen, wait, wait. We got to go on to, to finish our second round of predictions, man. We got to finish. All right, we, I mean, our predictions. <laughs> well, we got to go back. All right, so I was at Mar. So I'm going to ask Chris from our podcast. So what was some of the biggest takeaways, you know, biggest surprises or disappointments from you in terms of the second round? You know, the whole conclusion. You want to know whether it be the winners or the losers. You know, whether it was an individual play or the team overall. Just give me some of your thoughts on that. 
My surprises, I'm going with them first because this opponent is going, I'm, I'm going to have a rant for that. Surprises, okay. Trey Young. I don't care what y'all say anymore. He's a superstar. I don't, I don't oh, yeah, he is. Any y'all say he is. He's Top five point guard, right? Top five point guard? You can arguably at this point, yeah. All right, top five point guard. Um, and outside of that, Devin, Devin Booker is coming to his own. Even even if every team they face is, has had an injury to, uh, against them, he's still he's still the reason that his team is well. I'm not going to say he's the main reason the team keeps winning. He hasn't he hasn't really had a, a bad game in terms of efficiency and whether like he did. He the ball. You didn't see the last game, game too. Oh, game, last, game, game, last game, last game, last game. The last game, that's my mistake. But he has been efficient since he has came on in the playoffs. So he's been doing really well as a rookie. So definitely impressed. But now we're going to my disappointments. One, I'm going. I'm. T- I'm gonna talk about the Nets first. Mar, I don't care what you say. I'm putting more blame on Joe Harris than Steve Nash. I don't care what you say. That's fine, but that's fine. But I don't really care about you. Make open three when it matters the most. Yeah, all right. that's fine. That's fine, mm. but that's, that's fine. Joe Harris had a bad series, and we still could have won. All he had to do was tweet, call his timeout with 12 seconds left. Something could have happened. That's a that, – like, even – like, like, when Joe Harris missed, it was 44 seconds left. It was 44 seconds left when he missed. What had, Okay, but you play on. Whatever whatever happens after that, you play on. And they were down two. All you have to do is call a timeout in that situation. You play on when your man missed. You don't you don't just go live in that pass. You, it was 44 seconds left. If they would have hit a three, Joe Harris three wouldn't have meant nothing. Then, then the game's tied again. It was 44. It wasn't a buzzer beat. It was 44 seconds left. We would have been fine. And we, we we were fine. We were only down two. So that Steve Nash, Steve, like just to me, he gets more to blame because his was his was in the more of a closer to the, the game being over. Let's all right. All right. Go ahead. All right, Chris. Go ahead and finish it out. Like I said. If Joe Harris makes a couple threes, not even in that situation. Don't even go to overtime. Because if he, if he shoots 40% of the three, like he's supposed to do. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Keep going. <laughs> oh, other disappointment. Everybody sold in the Sixers. Up top of the day, everybody sold. Joel sold. Tobias sold. Doc whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah, Joel he, sold. sold. Joel sold. Now you're talking crazy. Average is 32. Yo. Let me finish. I texted y'all this in game seven. I told y'all, why is Joel settling in the second half every time? Why do you think he does it? First of all, Look at this. Joel expands his game every offseason. But no, Ben Simmons has why is he settling? I'm not, it's not about expanding the game. Why is he settling? Because Ben's calling it. Joel and B sold. Wow, I can't believe he sold. I mean, you didn't hit a sound of the second half. My man. Boy, boy, the game when the layup. He's not in the second half in one game. That's not saying. Hold on, wait, hold on, wait, wait. Hold on. I want to ask you. He missed the game with a layup, Greg. Hold on, wait. I want to ask you. Hold on, wait. Hold on, I'm getting two free throws. That's not selling, Chris. Bro, Chris okay, so bro, okay, wait. if y'all can have that same energy for 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 Joel and B, I just seen Paul George miss two free throws the other night. So what's God, up? Nobody's disagreeing. Nobody. Okay, get hype, bro. Nobody's disagreeing. Talk, shut up. Nobody's disagreeing. You're disagreeing with us. That's the thing. We don't disagree when you talk about Paul George free throws. You disagree when, when we just said Joel sold. That's the difference. Yeah, Mara, wait, we got to go on. We got to move this on. This is a real heated debate. We got to move this on, though. I'm not done right. yet. <laughs> oh, guys. Go ahead. Like, bro, you just brought up Paul George for no reason. Like, he really hates hey. him. Yeah, let me first <laughs> He's going to say Joel. I know. Wait, wait. Hold on. All right, Chris. 
Chris, go ahead. But this what you got to say, Chris. This is what you got to say. Tobias Harris, Tobias uh, Harris, y'all paid him uh, 180 million just to sell, just to sell, basically. Ben Simmons, same thing, 170 million just to sell. Doc Rivers, uh, five just to sell. The best player for y'all team in that in that entire series was Seth Curry, by far, by far. I don't care what none of y'all say. How is Seth Curry okay. the best player for y'all in that entire series? Hey, I, I, hey, listen, man. Hey, straight Chris, straight to the point. You got the answer to that? I don't got the answer. Um, they lost, so they got what they deserved. <laughs> so basically, like if Seth, Curry, if Seth Curry's the best player, he's too scared to even attempt a dunk. He's too scared to attempt a dunk. Joel hey, yeah. I told, I told, I told you, I told Kyle this. He always settles in the second half. First, mm. I would go to the game when he had twenty-four in the first half when he was cooking. How many? He was scoring points in the paint before he was going, before he was doing fadeaways and actually. Jump shot stuff. Second half came. I just didn't get the paint once. That's not settling. Yeah. That's not selling. I actually have to agree. Like I said this after game five. Game five, he had like 30 in the first half. And he ended up scoring like seven in the second half. Like Bro, he, he does tend to settle. He does that's tend to settle. Game. He gets comfortable. The team in general gets comfortable. And that's Doc's problem. Doc gets comfortable. Like that's ridiculous. And the problem, like, all right, you can argue, but, like, if you just objectively speaking, right, there's mm-hmm. 30 in the first half. I'm only talking about right. there's 30 in the first half. He has right. seven in the second half and takes nothing but jump shots. Doesn't attack. He loses his aggressiveness. Maybe he's tired. Maybe it's the knee injury. I don't know what it is, but he kind of loses that edge. Um, then he gets double teamed. The double team is coming. The play, the play, maybe the play calling is too predictable. You know, they always put him on the elbow, and here comes a double, and he can't get out of it, or something happens, and he can't really adjust. I don't I'm, know if that's his fault. I don't know if that's the coaching fault. Whatever not, the case may I'm be. I'm not it, even looking at the part when he's getting double. You get double, that's a different story. There were plenty of times where he was one on one with people just taking jump shots. That's helping the other team. That helped the Hawks out. I, jump I, do, I do agree that he sometimes tends to settle, but when your play calling is so predictable, like, he comes down, you know, Simmons does whatever he does, and then he passes the ball to Embiid, and they do a little two-man game with Curry, and he sits in the corner, or he sits at the elbow, and he kind of, like, dances around and tries to get a foul and flails his arms in the air. Like, I, I don't understand why he does that. Like, he, he does tend to settle, because he can get to the rim. At, he can get to the basket at any time. Exactly. Like, he can get there. So I understand that criticism, and that makes sense. A lot of people don't want to criticize him, because he's the best player, but he does do, he does do some some questionable. He's things. a big part of the reason y'all lost too. You can't tell me he didn't sell. You can't he's, tell me he didn't sell. If he hits, you can argue if he hits the layup at the end of game four, six to go up three one. They don't probably collapse in game five. Whatever the case may be, whatever. It's not even the it's not even just the but layup. There's a there's a lot of like lazy like he does a lot of lazy passing sometimes and tries to do too much and. I, I wish he would. I wish he would not. And maybe it's because he looks at his point guard, quote unquote, and he's not picking up the slack or, or offensively. So he feels like he has to overcompensate. But I feel like he and he's gotten better with it this year. He does not take as many threes. He does not take as many jump shots as he did in previous years. But I feel like sometimes when it really comes down to crunch time, he overcompensates and tries to do too much. And like he. I, I does too much. So anybody who cares to disagree can disagree. I, but this is just my I, opinion. Like he tries I to actually, do too much. I actually want to piggyback off that. 
Because I feel like a big part of that is for the simple fact that Joel Embiid is gassed in the fourth quarter. Every single he was gassed in the fourth quarter every single game this series. And he looks at like Chris was saying, he looks at the people around him and he realizes that none of them can create their own shot. So because of that, he does try to do too much. He does try to force the situation a lot, which led to him having eight, eight turnovers in two different games. And he was turning the ball over, making bad passes in the crucial parts of the game. So I, I think that's not selling either, though, right? No, it definitely is selling. But I, I thought so. It, it, it was too. It was too many times in crush time, bro. He was he was giving bad passes to guys that weren't even open. He was over. He was overthrowing guys. He was just doing too much. And it's it's not. I'm not saying it's completely his fault because he doesn't have anybody else on that squad besides really Seth Curry that showed up that can create their own shot consistently. Because Tobias Tobias Harris doesn't do it in the fourth quarter. Like I don't, I don't know what's go. I don't know what like what goes on with him, but he he doesn't he doesn't assert himself enough. Especially on the team where nobody one on one can really guard him, so it's it's just a bad situation for them right now. Like, like I said, like like the game five when they were by twenty six, cooking cooking for the first half, talking all that garbage, talking the off. <laughs> Second half came, he got shut down. But that's not selling, Greg. Without wait, all right, let's listen before we even start. All right, Chris, do you got any more to say on your take? All right, all right, Kyrie, we're gonna bring it over to you. Tell me some of the biggest surprises, takeaways, disappointments, you know, from the second round, whether it be the loser, the winner, you know, what surprised you, whether it was the individual player, the team overall, coaching, you know, just give me your takeaways in there. But so this this didn't disappoint me personally. But I feel like it, dis- it, dis- it disappointed a lot in the basketball, like in the basketball world, a lot of basketball fans were disappointed by the simple fact about it. James Harden missing the first game or actually hurting himself in that first game, uh, hurting his hamstring and uh, missing the series up until game five. And then Kyrie Irving going out in game four. Those are two crucial, crucial blows to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think everybody was really excited to see those three playing together against this Milwaukee Bucks team. I've only seen them once at full power out of, out of three meetings this season. So I was, I guess I was disappointed like, by, like for the series, but I wasn't disappointed in the Nets. Like, I didn't really feel bad about the Nets for that personally. But then James Harden coming back and being form, a form, like a shell of himself in that first game back. And Joe Harris also, like, like you guys have mentioned, he just wasn't showing up at all either. He was terrible um, shooting from the three-point line. And that's all they really needed him for. Because they couldn't, they couldn't hit outside shots. They don't have anybody else. They didn't have anybody else out of Kevin Durant that could create their shot. They had Jeff Green and, and Blake Griffin out there, like doing their best to create points. But it was all two pointers, and he just couldn't. They just couldn't keep up when Chris Middleton got it going and Giannis got it going. So that's some. That's that was one thing that disappointed me. The fact that we didn't get to see the Brooklyn Nets in full power um, against the Buck, this Bucks team. I think it would have been a, a, a completely different series for real, for real. Um, yeah, I think that's the Bucks fan. Say again. I, yeah, I think the Nets handled that one easy. Yeah, but um, something that did surprise me was uh, a team that did surprise me were the uh, the Atlanta Hawks because I actually had the Sixers winning. I think the Sixers' size and physicality was going to be a big was going to be a big problem for the Hawks. But the way they hold each other accountable on defense and the way they just communicate with each other and the, just their chemistry overall really was like a big focal point in beating and beating and beating this team and. Just using the strategy, also using Ben Simmons against himself, making him or allowing him to, to be non-existent on offense, and he really capitalized off that. So that uh, the Hawks, the Hawks really surprised me. That was that was that was about it from this playoff series, though. 
that was pretty fair. That was definitely some great points on your end. So, I mean, Greg, last but not least, what are some of your takeaways from the second round? What were the biggest surprises and disappointments for you? Uh, I'll go with uh, for the surprises. Um, I'm just going to say DeAndre Ayton just continues to ball out, man. Like, I think for DeAndre Ayton to play some somebody like the the MVP of the league in Jokic and um, hold him in the four games that they met, hold him three times to like uh, under, under 30, 22, 22, and 24. Like, I think that says a lot about him as a defensive player because um, Jokic really is – you know, like, I understand I have my critiques on Jokic, but I'm not going to sit here and act like Jokic is in a bucket. So it's like, I don't, so for him to be able to hold him under his his season averages and stuff like that, I thought that was pretty impressive. I just think he's been having a really great uh, uh, post um, postseason. And I think for DeAndre, and, you know, I'm not sh- I I feel like it was like a, he had to prove himself this year. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it was like iffy, like whether he was going to get a max contract, but if they don't give him a max contract or like a, a all-star level contract after this year, like, then they're really not like building that team correctly. So I'm going to go with DeAndre. And, um, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with the Sixers. Uh, I mean, obviously I was disappointed. I had the Sixers at least going to the Eastern Conference Finals and then depending on the matchup, seeing who they was going to play against. Um, I was... You know, like I feel like uh, Ben didn't provide offensively enough, but I think like Trey Young had great numbers to end like every game, but Trey Young was not efficient. If there was anything that the game last night taught me, it was that shit. Trey Young was not efficient against the Sixers, and a huge reason why was Ben Simmons, but he just didn't provide anything offensively on the offensive end to go off with like. To, to match up with, like, what he was doing on the defensive end. Um, blatantly, uh, what's the board name? Uh, I don't remember the uh, – not Joe Harris. Uh, Tobias Harris uh, on the sixes. I'm not going to lie. He, he, I'm not going to lie. I feel like he just old. Like, like when you <laughs> needed him most – like, he, he turned into the avatar. Like, when you needed him most, he vanished. Like, he'll, like, all his points. Like, I, I don't know what to say about Tobias Harris. Like, I just think he's, he's garbage. We need to save Steph Curry, Steph Curry at all, all costs. And the t- what I'm really most disappointed in, disgusted in, is this Sixers bench. That bench is horrendous. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the bench saved us in game two. And by bench, I mean Shea Milton. But if you look at the totality of the series, that bench was horrendous. Can't like, score. Wait, can't hold on, score. hold on, hold on. What about Maxi? <laughs> what about Maxi? <laughs> Okay, it's my fault. Maxi in game six, you're right. Fine. That's that's correct. But you can see Thank the difference. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You're right. But I'm saying, so we just mentioned two players. Uh, uh, what's the board name? Korkma starts had five points. Uh, we had Dwight Howard. We got, uh, what should we call it? I think even Mike Scott got time. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have, we have, there are other players that were playing on that team. We even gave, what's the game? Uh, uh, Hill, George Hill run. Like, and I felt like every single time we took the starting lineup out, what if we had a lead, we kept the lead. If we, if we, if we had a lead, it dwindled. If we did have a lead, it got worse. So, sir. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I, the only thing I'll say about Joel is I completely agree in terms of the shooting thing, but like, I'm not going to sit here, at, like, and, 
I don't know, is the brother put up like 32 and 10 on a on a slightly torn meniscus. Um I like I know y'all said game five. He had 24 in the first half and he had 13 in the second half. He had 37 points overall. And I don't know. I just like I feel like for like in game five, for instance, him and Seth Curry are the only are the only dudes to score in the second half. Like I just don't know what to do about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we can get on Joel, but come on, bro. Like other people need to score. Like, 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 I don't know what else, like the brothers. So I'm just going to say it was, I was thoroughly disappointed in the Sixers. It was clear, but like, I don't know. It's just, there's just too much to, to just blame it on just one person. Okay. That's some definitely some great points. You know, that was some great takeaways from that one, but you know what, since the second round is over and currently we're in the conference finals right now, we're going to go to each and every single one of you guys. You're going to give us your prediction and how many games and why, of course. So. I'm going to start this off. We're going to start this off in the Eastern Conference. That's from Philadelphia. So you guys have the Bucks and the Atlantic Hawks. The Hawks are up by one. After you guys saw what Trey Young did, what's your thoughts on the series now? And what, what do you think about who, who, win the, who win the matchup and how many games? So I want to start this off with uh, Mar first. So, Mar, who do you think wins the next series? And then goes on to the finals between the Bucks and Hawks. The Hawks. Hawks. And how many games? Oh, how man. many games are we talk? Six. Six? Ooh, right in Atlanta. I, right in I, the A. Oh, I think it's a Southern game series, but you know what? I, I, won't, I won't be surprised if it was six. All right. I mean, Chris, from, from our podcast, what do you think? Between... I'm still rocking with Bucks and Six, but that means mm. Trey Young and John Collins. Ooh, that's a bad duel. That's a bad duel. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, definitely. I think, all right, the Bucks. I'm leaning toward the Bucks. All right, Kyrie, I want to swing it to you. So who do you think out of that matchup and how many games and why? I actually got to agree with Mar. I'm going to go with the Hawks and Six. Ooh, one of the big reasons outside of Trey Young just completely dominating last night and just putting on a shooting clinic. I think the simple fact that him and uh, Clint Capella and John Collins picked a role is completely took Brooke Lopez out of the game. Ooh. And uh, because of that, that's 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 taking a lot of size from Milwaukee's from Milwaukee's lineup, which they thrive on. So because of that, they're going to be relying on guys like P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis to, to play heavy minutes in the paint. And they're going, I feel like they're going to get gassed also. And they're, not, they're still not even going to be able to keep up with Clint Capella and John Collins. I think there's just too much down there. And to add, and just adding the shooting, uh, if Bogdanovic if picks, picks it back up and Kevin Herter continues to shoot well, I think, they, uh, I think they're just too potent offensively for the Bucs to stop. And the Bucs offensively are just too, too predictable for the uh, – like to to really like make noise against the Atlanta Hawks because the Atlanta Hawks just sit in the zone and they let Ron, Giannis run into a wall and he can't really do anything. He kind of does the same thing Ben Simmons does when he gets downhill. He picks the ball up and he looks for the he looks for the pass and and guys are guarded. And he more than likely makes makes a bad pass or takes a bad shot and you just can't win that way, especially when Chris Middleton isn't showing up either. No, so no, that's definitely true. Okay, so we got Hawks. They got Mars the Hawks, Chris the Bucks. All right, from Chris, from straight to the point, who do you have in this matchup? How many games is why so? All right, it's it's hard for me because you know 
I just want to see Trey Young swatted like a fly. Like he's honestly <laughs> one of the most annoying players to watch. Honestly, his game's exciting though. Yeah, it's exciting if you like flopping and you know he likes to do his little acting and you know whatever. Right, Joel. Yeah, hey, I mean, I can, right yeah, there. yeah. Honestly, wow. like I could, I could see why people hate Joel. Like I could see it. What? I, I, I don't hate him. I, I can see why people. I can see why people hate Joel. Because it's kind of the reason I hate Trey Young. Like, I get it. He's, you know, he can shoot, he can pass, he can do whatever. He just, oh, like, it's always like a problem. He's always on the floor. He's always grabbing his head. Like, ugh, whatever. But you look at Milwaukee, right? Boonholzer and Doc Rivers got a lot in common because they all they get to the big stage and they fold. Oh, wow. Um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for, the Brooklyn. one championship. If it wasn't if it wasn't for Brooklyn's injuries, Boonholzer is, is out in the second round again. You know, so I think he gets over I I think that Durant's big foot saved his job, honestly. <laughs> so you look at a team like Milwaukee, Giannis has obvious flaws. If Middleton isn't hitting his shots and Holiday isn't hitting those shots, they have they have limited offense. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to hear about Bryn Forbes, I don't want to hear about Brooke Lopez, I don't want to hear about nothing. If Giannis can't get and bully his way into the lane because he's not hitting a consistent jump shot, he's not hitting his free throws consistently. So if they can't generate offense, where how do they you know how do they win? It's the it's the, it's a lot of the, the same problem the Sixers have. If you can't get points, like it doesn't matter if you gonna hold this team to hundred points. If you can't get out of, you, if you can't get one hundred and ten, you're not gonna win. And that's how it is in today's NBA. Like you have to be able to generate points. So, honestly, just taking a step back and just observing this series, I don't know how you can. I don't know how Ooh. you can. Mm. I don't know how you can not pick Atlanta. They Ooh, have the be bold. They have the momentum. They have the momentum. Uh-huh. Milwaukee. I feel like Milwaukee kind of snuck by. Like they they got by. They did honestly. Atlanta has nothing to lose. You know, all the pressure is are, is already in, intrinsically on Milwaukee, and they've already lost Game One at home. Oh, so you, you lose this, you have this momentum swing. Trey Young is just you know chucking, chucking, like chucking things up in the rim. I was very uh. curse, but you know I'm, I'm gonna stop myself. <laughs> like he's just chucking it up. If it falls, it falls. If it don't, oh well. Like he's he's cool with shooting five for forty five because. Whoa. Am I wrong? Like, like he shoots five <laughs> for forty-five. Like, what you like? His five. his five comes at the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, but he's like, he coming to the fourth quarter like one for thirty. Wow. But the problem is, you have Herder, you have Bogdanovich, you have Gavinar, you have John Collins, you have Capella with timely buckets. It doesn't matter how how down they get, they can scratch and they can call and they can get back in it. They have no pressure on them. You're like, no one expected them to be here. They were under five hundred. At, at like the halfway point of this year, they fired Lloyd Pierce. They bring in Nate McMillan. They have no pressure. They're just playing with house money. And I honestly think that they have a legitimate shot to make it to the NBA Finals. Now, winning is a different story, but I definitely think they have all the momentum. So I, if I had to guess, it's probably Hawks in six or seven. All right. We got one, two, three Hawks in here. One bucks. All right, Greg. I want to. So you know, are you going to be able to be the one? Uh, who do you have winning between that series? The Bucks, 
or the Hawks? How many games and why? Still got the Bucks. Um, <clears throat> I believe. All right. I got the Bucks. Uh, probably. I'm gonna say somewhere. I, I I can't tell between six or seven. So if we're I'm, taking uh, Bucks. I say seven. Yeah, I'm 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 leaning toward I'm leaning towards seven, but something I don't know for some reason I want, I want to say six. Uh, I'm just gonna say seven for now, but because they're it's gonna be at home. But uh, I don't know. I just think um, I just think the the Bucks and Drew Holiday in particular. I think he's gonna pick it up on the defensive end and make it tougher on on Trey Young. Like I think I think. Because uh, Trey Young like, was having a field day, I, I think Drew Drew Holiday is gonna be like, is gonna be like watch that game take back and see like him like dancing around. He's gonna take it personally, and like, and I think like he's gonna hold Trey Young to a couple games under forty, like under forty percent, in my personal opinion. So um, under forty percent, okay, yeah. So I just think that uh, I think with that. Combined with, like, I think Middleton didn't have a great game, and he typically tends to turn it on uh, later on in series if if the last couple – the last two series are an indication. So if Middleton, like, goes for, goes off for 30, I think the, they, the, the Bucks are, like, will blow them out because that, that's really, like, what they need. So, um, I don't know. That's how I feel personally. So I, I'm going with Bucks – just out of respect for what the Hawks have been able to do, I'm gonna say they get three games. I'm gonna say they get two more games out of the next six, and I say the Bucks could be in four. All right, that's pretty fair. So, so overall, overall consensus, we got more Hawks than Bucks. I think personally, it's gonna be a tough series. I feel like it goes to seven games. I do want to give it to the Bucks. I just feel like, like we're coming off what Greg said. I think you know, Drew Holiday, the main key thing is to make sure that Trey Young isn't able to get off. And then you can handle the, the supporting cast. I always believe they got the starters to handle the supporting cast, especially Kevin Huter, if I said his name right. Uh, so, you know, I feel like it's going to be a tough game, but I feel like the Bucks come out and they go to the finals. But then moving on from the East, moving on to the West, we have the Phoenix Suns versus Los Angeles Clippers. They're already down by two games. I mean, honestly, are we going to – is anyone calling for a sweep here? Before I even start, no, you know what? I we're think go everybody over. is, or my yeah, only I, one. No, hold on, well, listen, well, listen, listen. We're gonna go one by one. I mean, I'm gonna start with Greg. What about you, Greg? What do you think between the Suns or the Clippers? How many games and why? Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna say uh, originally when I was thinking about, it, I was gonna say Bucks in. Uh, I'm sorry, Bucks. I was gonna say uh, Suns in um in four, but. Um, after I think this this Clippers team fights, and I just don't see this Clippers team going down. Like I think it's going to be Game Four, and they win Game Four. They lose Game Three, they win Game Four. Yeah, and I don't see lose, the Clippers again. Yeah, and then swap. they lose in Game Five. Yeah, I don't see the Clippers getting swept. Yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening. I mean, Kyrie, oh. who who you think between the Suns and Clippers? How many games, and why? Look, man, I'll be right. With the Suns all playoffs, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna stop now. I got the Suns <laughs> winning in six. Uh, I'm I you really can't count the Clippers out pretty because you. what you seen from last season, what you seen from last series being down 0 2 against the Jazz, they came back and won four straight games on the back of Paul George and uh, oh, playoff P, right? I mean, he wasn't playoff P that, that last game, he missed the <laughs> two playoffs. I mean, I'm playoff three throws, but. 
he, he still had he still had a pretty good game. And I think the main reason that the Suns are going to win is because Ivica Zubak can't do anything with DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre, he had 24 and 14 on him. He had about three alley-oops thrown down on his net. So I, he, he's pretty much not playable at this point against DeAndre Ayton. It's going to be really hard for the Clippers to kind of compensate against that. Um, another big reason being that Kawhi obviously, obviously is hurt with that sprain, uh, I believe, ACL or MCL. Right, and I think he's in the the same position that James Harden was in that last series, and Anthony Davis was in the first series. Where do you come back and as like not a hundred percent and possibly hinder your team, or do you do you just come back and take that chance and try to, to try to will you guys will them to a win where they desperately need it? But I I, I think that situation right there is a little bit too tricky because it is an ACL or an MCL, and plus Chris Paul is coming back tonight. I, I, I think the Clippers just have too much stack against them with this Suns team. They're too hot right now. I got you. All right. That's pretty fair. So, you know, I'm still riding with the Suns. The Suns haven't let you down so far in any of your predictions. So, I'll keep rocking with them, too. Uh, I'll listen. So, basically, I think who who didn't I get to? I think I didn't get to Chris. Chris, we're straight to the point. Didn't I get to you? Uh, who do you have between the, the Clippers and the Suns? How many games and why? Uh, I think if the Suns are going to win the series, the Suns win in six. I think that Suns are six. You have to you have to account for the fight that the Clippers have. Todd Lou has proven that he can make adjustments. Um, you have to 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 assume that. I mean, you can't really assume because they they've struggled at home in these playoffs. But I think that the Clippers get one. And uh, I think the Clippers do end up getting one in LA. So I think that you have to be. Kind of aware that they they are they're they are capable, whether or not they come through in the clutch, is yet to be determined. But let's say Chris, uh, let's say Paul George makes these free throws, it's a one-one series. You know, I think people would have a different uh, mindset about the series going forward. The fact that it's two-zero and it's been very close, um, we'll see how Devin Booker plays with the broken nose. We we'll see how how or if. Uh, Kawhi comes back. I don't think he is, but we'll see. They haven't really ruled him out either way. I think he'll try to play if, if it comes down to the Clippers being eliminated. We'll see how Chris Paul plays. Um, you know, Chris Paul kind of tends to unravel the later in the playoffs it goes, and this is really his last shot, honestly, I think, to, to win a championship. So will he come out and be too aggressive? You know, will he, will he try to come out and do too much, or will he play in his game? So if, if I'm looking at it, I think it's going to be Suns and Six, partially because I think the Clippers have a lot of unlikable pieces. Like, a lot of guys on that team that people want to root against. So, I think a lot of people, whether it's fairly or not, they, they're going to give Paul George hell because they, they hear the playoff piece stuff and they hear about how, you know, people remember, like, his shortcomings in the biggest moments. So, I think a lot of that plays into a part of it. He could never get the job done in Indiana. He could never get the job done in Oklahoma City. Couldn't get the job done with the Clippers. So I think a lot of people are just kind of piling on, whether fairly or unfairly. But he did miss, he did miss those two free throws. Um, a lot of people don't like Kawhi for whatever reason, um, whether it be the way he got out of San Antonio or him making this a probable shot in Toronto to beat the Sixers. Um, whether it's him, you know, not speaking or speak to the media, whatever. And a lot of people have a, a disdain for these guys. You know, Pat Bev, Marcus Morris, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Reggie Jackson. Like, 
guys that you like come on like these guys really so i think a lot of that comes into a, a account so I, if i had to uh, if i had to guess it'd probably be sons of six if it comes down to a seventh game <laughs> i mean how could you how could you root against the clippers they've already won they've already won one this playoff so i, I think for, that. for the sun's sake they don't want to they don't want to get it to seven they want to end it at five or six Calling there, bro. I'm I'm here. So Mars, so you, you was the only one that called for a sweep. Uh, yeah, I don't see anyone else call for a sweep besides. So you still hanging on to that prediction of a sweep? I mean, I could make it short and simple. I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier today. They told me they had the Suns getting a sweep. I said, unless Chris Paul comes back, they're not sweeping them. And who's coming back tonight? Oh, CP. So oh. it was. So is is and like I said, the Suns they have been doing great this play in this playoff run. They have been doing great at being at beating teams that were injured. So why would they stop now? And they're already oh at two zero. And Kawhi is one of them players. Like Kawhi's one of them players you really can't replace. And the way the Suns play, unless you have fifty points, you're not getting a win. Like you really have to have like one of them games. Where you have fifty, or they have to have a bad game because you never know who's gonna go off. DeAndre Ayton might have twenty five, as we saw. Cameron Payne could go for almost thirty. Devin Booker can get a uh, twenty. He got cut off right in the middle of his rant. Oh man, he had a great point too. But you know what? It seems like he's calling for the sweep. I mean, I'm following the the Suns and Four guy. The Suns and Group Four fan. So, I'm so back, that's I'm what back. All right, go I'm ahead, bro. My right. bad. Uh, like I said, Cameron Payne, like, they all can have 25, as we can clearly see. So you never know who's going to go off. And like I said, when it comes when it comes to taking advantage, the Suns are doing they're doing their best at it because they're not letting it go to seven. They're getting teams out of here. Like, they're not giving teams any chance to go back and plan and do something different because Monty Williams is doing something different every game. He's going to have Devin Booker running the pick and roll with A. When Chris Paul comes back. He's going to have the pick and roll with Chris Paul. I saw DeAndre A and taking mid-range shots and being comfortable. So it's just certain things. It's just hard to beat the Suns when they're really healthy. And unless you're really healthy and playing the coach against Monty Williams, you're really not going to get a victory unless you just have one of them nights. That, that's pretty fair. Okay, so, I mean, Mar, you're calling for the sweep. The Suns and four fan here. I mean, man, you definitely got to blow up now since you pull another Suns and four. I feel like, personally, I feel like they don't get swept. I feel like the Clippers definitely won't. They'll at least sneak a game in. I feel like they won't go down like that. That would be too much of a blow for them. I think that would be definitely when Kawhi Leonard would definitely leave the Clippers if he does have that uh, option to do that after this season. But we go on to the next we go on to the next uh, topic for, for the, today's episode. So listen, uh, we touched on the Sixers a lot. Some of you guys mentioned them, your biggest disappointments and surprises. But we got to address the elephant in the room. And Ben Simmons, you know, and when you look at him, he's such, an, he's such a, uh, he's so confusing because he does everything well in the court besides the one key thing in this area of basketball, and that's shooting. And he's shown to be completely useless. Like, he's almost as like Andre Roberson, just completely useless has no type of ability whatsoever he shoot it, though. like he won't he won't <laughs> even 
it won't even shoot it. Like he's just a liability in the half court offense. Doesn't he just can't generate any type of offense for himself. So when you what do you do with a player like that who does everything exceptionally well, but just doesn't shoot? Or does it I doesn't seem like he's he's putting the motivation into learning how to shoot. So so what do we do with him? Do we trade him? And they remind you, Ben is only 24. He's he's not even 26. He's 24. So he's young. He has the potentials there. I think he's only like, what do you do with Ben Simmons? Do you give up on him, even though he's still kind of early? He's young, you know. What, what do you? I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with with Chris from straight to the point. What do you think we do with Ben Simmons? Oh, um, opinion. The problem is with Ben Simmons is you create this this idea where you either keep him and hope that he gets better, or you trade him for peanuts because you you can't really get. Like, you can't move off of him unless it's for, like, a big name. Like, unless it's for a Damian Lillard. Unless it's for a, a Bradley Bill. You can't trade him for anything less than that. You can't trade him for picks. You can't trade him for C.J. McCollum. Like, I don't I don't think C.J. McCollum is the answer. Uh, C.J. McCollum is definitely not the answer. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, you can't trade Ben Simmons and George Hill for C.J. McCollum and Robert Covington. That's... Yeah. Like l- ludicrous, like makes no sense because, and and then but you can't like if you keep them, you have to just surround this team with some type of shooter. Be like they need a, a perimeter player who can get his own basket. Like if anybody's getting traded off the Sixers, it's Tobias Harris. Now the problem with Simmons and Tobias is there's no market for these guys. So where do they go? You have to manufacture a market, and like. The, the the problem with the Sixers, and I hope the Sixers don't do this, is you know they trade one problem, quote unquote, and create a whole different problem. So I I have the you have to believe in Daryl Morey if you're a Sixers fan that he doesn't do what old Sixers regimes would have done because Elton Brand <laughs> would have probably traded Tobias Harris and got C.J. McCollum, but that doesn't solve their issue. Their issue and it makes them weaker defensively. The issue is Ben Simmons. You have to get this guy to shoot. I don't care if he makes it. Like even with Giannis, like okay, yeah, Giannis doesn't. Giannis doesn't you know, shoot effective uh, efficiently, but he takes these shots. Like you have to at least somewhat respect the jump shot. Ben right. doesn't even shoot. Like Ben, they every and, and a part of this is, is Doc Rivers' fault too because his offense is predictable. But how much like what can you do with these pieces? You have Ben Simmons. He brings the ball up. He hands the ball off to Curry. They do a little two-man game. You know, give the ball to Embiid at the elbow, and Ben kind of just does what? He doesn't put up the ball. He kind of gets to the dunker spot, and he kind of stands there and clogs the paint and makes a prop, makes it an issue for Embiid because then now Embiid's doing all this jump shots and all this other nonsense that he doesn't need to be doing. He needs to be in the paint. But he can't be in the paint because Simmons is in the paint because Simmons can't do anything other than be in the paint. So you have to expand his game. Honestly, they're in a they're in a they're in, honestly in a lose lose situation. Either he gets the only way they win in this situation is he gets better and develops some type of jump shot. Doesn't have to be elite. Doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be Seth Curry. He doesn't have to be Steph Curry. He doesn't have to be any type of Curry. He has to be Dell Curry. He just needs to be able to shoot some type of jump shot that brings his defender from from the free throw line the three-point line and create some type of spacing that MB can sit there and create offense in the paint because 
Ben Simmons is ineptitude makes the entire team look worse because now Embiid's gassed because he has to overcompensate for you know all the stuff we talked about earlier. Tobias yeah. Harris now has John Collins on him instead of Kevin Herter, so now he has to work three times as harder to try to finesse up a guy who's six, uh, an inch taller than him and like twenty pounds heavier than him. So now and more athletic than him, and, more, and a little bit more athletic than him. So now he's hoisting up like he's just throwing layups at the rim and hoping to go in, hope he gets fouled. So now he's, you know, five for 20, and he's getting ripped because, like, what can he do? He has he has somebody who should be guarding Ben Simmons on him. So now Atlanta can get away with putting, like, Gallinari on Simmons because Gallinari can just stay at the free throw line, and Simmons isn't going to do anything. So if I'm the Sixers, I have to seriously, you know, because they can't give him up for nothing. Like, they can't do what the Eagles did with Wentz and give him up for nothing. Because you don't really have a clear-cut successor. Like, the Eagles at least had Hurts. Like, you can only play one quarterback at a time. Yeah, you can only you, you play five guys at a time, but only one has to be running your offense. Unless they plan on moving Simmons to a four spot and stop with this make, you know, hybrid point guard, point forward. <laughs> like, they're stuck until he gets a jump shot. I mean, you can't bank on Tyrese Maxey. He's still so young. So you know you can't really look at him. So what, then, you going to, what do you do with Simmons? Like you can't put Simmons on the bench. Like, right, like you're not doing. It, like, I, you, honestly, honestly, like, I get it. You could theoretically speaking, but you're not taking a guy who's making the max and putting him on the bench. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's no way, no way. Okay, so all right, basically, you feel like trading is the best option. Kyrie, I want to swing it to you. What do you think? What do we do in terms with Simmons? Like, what are we looking to get from him if we're trading for him, or why should we keep him? So, me personally, I don't think you guys are going to trade Ben Simmons. Uh, pretty much because I agree with Chris that his trade stock is very is too low right now. You guys won't get anything in return, and if you guys were anything in return that you need, and if you guys were to trade him for CJ McCollum, yeah, that, that addresses your shooting problem and your shot creation problem. But is he the type of playmaker that Ben Simmons is? Are you going to be able to get a point guard that can kind of fill that role as the playmaker and, and to initiate the offense? Or are you comfortable bringing up Shake Milton to start? That's the other questions that brings if you trade Ben Simmons for a guy like CJ McCollum or Bradley Bill, like uh, like has been talked about. But I think what a lot of it, what it comes down to as far as Ben Simmons shooting is, is, is how are you going to approach it? They already they they've been talking about whether or not he's even shooting with the uh, with the correct hand, and they've been talking about that years ago, and it should have been addressed years ago whether he he should be shooting with his right hand or not. So I feel like you have to you have to figure that out first. If he's shooting with his right hand, boom, he's shooting with his right hand. Now you have to fix his form. After you fix his form, you you have to make you have to get him to the point where he's comfortable taking shots in game motion and in game speed. So with that, he. Say he becomes a spot-up shooter, whether it's from mid-range or from the three-point line. Okay, that's cool. He, 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 can, he can pick it pop, but he can hit shots from the outside. Maybe not a consistent rate, but he's doing it. Are you, st- are you satisfied with that, or, is, or, or are the Sixers satisfied with that? I think that's the next thing you have to address is, is he going to be just a one-dimensional shooter once he does get his form, his correct shooting hand down pat, or is he, or is he going to be able, or he's going to want to, is he going to want to work to the, point where he's able to put the ball on the floor and pull up he's able to shoot jump shots out of the post and out of the mid-range out of the triple threat and just be and become more of a dynamic shooter and fulfill and that way he's fulfilling his potential as the all-around star that he's he was supposed to be the number one pick that he 
that he was, the general te- the generational talent that he is or was supposed to be. I think that's the difference right there if uh, the way they approach it, whether they just want him to become a knockdown shooter or a spot-up shooter, which can be exposed, or if he's going to reach his potential, uh, his star potential, and become more of a, a multi-dimensional type shooter. Okay, that's that's pretty fair. I mean, no, you made some great points. I feel like Ben Simmons, what type of shooter would he be if he was to get a jump shot? And that wasn't a question I ever really, you know, put some thought into. Him. But that is a good question, though. But um, I want to push it off uh, to Chris from our podcast. What do you feel like we do with Ben Simmons? You know, do you agree with uh, Kyrie's and Chris from straight to the point, or do you feel like you feel otherwise? What's your point, Sisters? On it? I mean. Y'all only got two options. Either y'all keep him or y'all trade him. But if y'all trade him, y'all ain't going to get much in return. Because who was matching that offer that y'all gave him? Uh, it got a, it, it's a team in the, you know, who's desperate in the lottery. They want to bank on Simmons. They they want to bank on the belief he'll get a jump shot. Right, so, so, you know. So, question. If that's the case, then why are y'all banking on the belief that y'all have a chance to get Damian Lillard? Oof. Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. Now, I haven't thought about that. The Damian Lillard thing isn't going to happen unless Damian Lillard says, like, get me out of Portland. That's all I'm saying. Even with that, why would they want Ben Simmons? Hey, I mean. So the problem is, would would Philadelphia be willing to give up, like, everybody for for, for Lillard? And I think they would. Like, I think they'd give up everybody, like. You want Simmons, you want Maxi, you want Thibel, you want Well, well Daryl Morey would do that. Yes. I don't know what other GM would do that. But, there's, probably, like, but, no but there's a lot of GMs. Like if, if it's if it comes out that, that Lillard wants out of Portland, the Sixers offer of Simmons and all this slop isn't getting Lillard. Like I don't understand like I've never subscribed to that theory of Damian Lillard. The problem with the Sixers is they have they have one. Like, they have a damaged asset in, like, all these pieces. So, if you're looking at a team in the lottery, what team in the lottery is going to, like, what what does lottery picks do for the Sixers right now? Because, like, you can't bring in, like, a rookie. It doesn't help. You need a win. Like, you're in win-now mode, basically. So, do you mortgage the next 10 years to win a title in the next three? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, I think, the conversation they're having now. So, I think if even if you like even if you took a team like Orlando, where the hell does Ben Simmons play? Like, how does that Ben Simmons fit on any team if you can't shoot? Like he's a problem for any team. So the, I think I honestly think the Sixers are stuck with him. Well, the Sixers are pretty much stuck with him when you put it like that. I mean, Chris, uh, do you have do you have any anything else to add from our podcast before I switch it over? I mean, no, like he, he, like no, you really only had two options. Either you got to trade him for crumbs, like, and I'm saying crumbs in the sense of like CJ McCollum, because I don't know how he improved your team, or you better hope he improves. But yeah, y'all, y'all stuck. Y'all are really stuck. And what <laughs> about all this is while y'all are stuck, y'all window of opportunity for a title is drastically closing. Ooh, you ain't gotta tell me that, man. You ain't gotta tell me that. All right, Mark. I want you. You know, you was the one. I'm gonna swing it to you. You're the one that had proposed the question that you know, or you basically called him a bus. You know, that's what you said. I think that was a little strong of a term, but if you felt out that way, you know, I'm sure you got your reasons for it. I mean, what do you think we do with Ben Simmons? You know, whether we keep him or in terms of trading him, what's what's your thoughts on that? 
I mean, you gotta get rid of the bust of Ben Simmons. I mean, wait, Mari, so is he really a bust to you? Because you know you gotta understand what that label comes with. Like, yeah, because my my definition of a bust is you could have had a better pick than the pick that you had. And Jamal Murray was in that class. Even Malcolm Brogdon was in that class, and y'all want to go for guards. And it's just like it was even if y'all oh, didn't, man. y'all could have y'all could have like like even what Brandon Ingram. So, I mean, like, there was people in there y'all could have grabbed. So that's why I'm calling him a bust because he is, besides rookie year, he has no injuries. He's he's 100% fine. He just won't score the ball. And you could have got Jamal Murray and, and could have had Joel Embiid. So it's just like, I mean, like, I'm calling him a bust. such a deadly combo. I'm calling him a bust because y'all could have had a better pick compared to what, compared to what y'all actually picked. And, I, I was the one that was defending Ben Simmons the longest. I was I wanted a Ben Simmons jersey. I was rocking with Ben Simmons, but it's not my problem with Ben Simmons. Isn't the same with everybody else. My well, I'm assuming is everybody else wants him to shoot. I don't care if he can't shoot. I don't care if he doesn't shoot. He can average 25 without shooting the ball. It's my point is he won't score the ball. He won't be aggressive. He could put up 20 to 25 without shooting the ball. That's not my problem. If he's not aggressive, he's not aggressive because he has to go to the free throw line and he can't hit the free throw. So that's my problem with him. If he can't, it's a lot of people who can't shoot in the NBA. It's, he could be a point guard and not shoot, but it's like he's 6'10". So he's not really running the point guard. He's just being the point guard. He's still a big man. He's still 6'10 at the end of the day. So in my opinion, he doesn't have to have this lethal jump shot or a crazy jump shot. He just has to be able to score 20 to 25 points a night. And that's my problem with him that he's not doing. So it's just like at this point, when he goes to the free throw line, he doesn't look confident. When he brings the ball up, he doesn't look confident. He just looks like, oh, I'm ready to pass. And y'all already know it. And it's just like 13, 13 assists. Like, I know what 13 assists does in the game. I like 13 assists is not easy to do. But if you were to put Ben Simmons on a tanking team and he got 13 assists, they would lose by 30. If you put Brown on a tanking team, he gets 13 assists. They could win by 30 because he might also give you 30. So that's just the difference. That's just that's just Ben Simmons can't just play making rebound and try to be successful. He has to score. So I just feel like y'all have to like y'all have to give him up. Like this, he he's the type of player that makes coaches lose their job, yo. And like he's just somebody that has to go. Like even if you do get crumbs for him, like I just like at this point, yo, you're not getting me a bucket, bro. Why do I have you on the court? If I don't, if the ball's not in your hands offensively, what are you doing? They might as well put me out there. They might as well sign me. Because if I was the drop step Gallinari, I would have even laid the ball up. I'm 5'7". He was 6'10". He didn't dunk the ball. Why do I have you on the team, Ben? So it's just like... So it's just like, bro... They got to bring you in. It's just like... It's just like, bro, like... Somebody that can't get you a bucket. He, he just... 24 years old, 27 years old, 30 years old. If you're not getting me a bucket, bro, you're not giving me a bucket. And you had plenty of chances. Plenty of chances, bro. It's not like it's, he had. That's why I was rooting for him because he had the chances. If you're not making it with your chances, you got to go. That's pretty fair. You made some strong points. I mean, I really can't find anything to disagree with. I mean, to call him a bust, I, I, the, just, the, just the label of it is just kind of strong. And, and this is why I say he's another bust. This is another reason. This, 
this season proved why Trey Young should have been an all-star over Ben Simmons because he was not an all-star by far. Ben Simmons had not been all-star. Even Malcolm Brogdon had better. I was saying this when we did that. Malcolm Brogdon and Trey Young had better numbers than Ben Simmons. So this proves that Ben Simmons is not an all-star. He's the most overrated all-star. And mind you, I used to root for Ben Simmons. So when I'm saying all this, this is coming from the heart. He's the most overrated all-star that I, the, the last one I've seen. And I've seen B.J. Armstrong in the, in the all-star game. So he's the most rated all-star. He's He shouldn't have been the number one pick. He's playing like a bust. Like, he just got to go at this point. He's not giving you what y'all need. Okay. That's all right. Another strong point. I mean, Chris, we straight to the point. Do you agree with those points? You feel like they made some strong valid points. Yeah, you can you can agree with those points, but the problem is you can't give up the number one pick for peanuts. Not in the NBA. Like if it's the NFL. Yeah, but he's not a regular number one pick, bro. But yeah, but you you still have invested all this time, and you got to figure out who's going to take this contract. J Cole could have gave you five points in that game seven. I understand. I could. Me and you could. J Cole. Had, me and you could bond had what four less points than he did. The problem is who's taking this contract. Bro, at this point, what what y'all for what Ben Simmons is doing, you can find somebody to do that and score the ball. So why not? I understand it. But who what GM is taking his contract? Listen, man, at this point, you gotta find like that man has to go. The the problem here's the problem. They're stuck with him because they are stuck with him. They've already given they've already given him this max deal. They can't move him because you have to match money. So now who is taking on this five year hundred and eighty million dollar contract? That is that is also I'm just even, saying even if, it's a, even if it's a team like let's say it's Oklahoma not uh uh give me a team in the audience, Detroit. Oh, right? oh, 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 let, let me let me throw this out there because Kendrick Perkins said the Timberwolves for D'Angelo Russell. Okay. What y'all think why about would that? The, why would the Timberwolves take they have too many guards unless they plan on moving Ben Simmons to the four, playing him with Cat and like having Cat Edwards and 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 Simmons. But the problem is with the Timberwolves. There, the problem is they still have no spacing on the floor. Like, but and B, I'm sorry, cat, cat going play unless unless Towns is not playing in the paint anymore. And Simmons, he, does, he doesn't play in the paint anymore. I think that was the, the reason behind the the. No, that's the that's because because you don't play. If Tim, if, uh, if Minnesota uh, wants to do that, then I, I if, if, it, if the if the deal is like D'Angelo Russell Beasley, like if the Sixers can find a way to get one or one or both of them. Okay, now we're 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 talking a little bit, but why would Minnesota take on a project in Ben Simmons? Like, why? Because they're not going nowhere anyway. And yeah, they didn't. They didn't, get a, they didn't going, get a first round pick this year. They didn't get even, a first round pick. Even if you're not going anywhere, why inherit this problem that you got to fix? And you still have to pay them. Like you still have to pay this this man all this money to get eight boards and six assists. Like, why would you do that? I'll just do that one out there because that, that seems like the only other like, team that, that does make sense. Separate. But the, the problem is, on the flip side, like, if I wanted 6'10 Australian Rubio, I already got Rubio. Why do I need this guy? What does he do? What does he do besides defend? Like, he's a, all right, he's a good defender, okay? You can argue he's an elite defender. But he does not create any value on offense. Why would I inherit this problem? Unless I really just don't plan on going anywhere, and like, how do I explain that to at the press conference? Yeah, we have Ben Simmons. There's a, there's a, trust me, there's a team that wants that 24 year old. There is a team somewhere. That's what I'm saying. There is a team. Is it? 
I what don't team, know what team in the lottery. But there is a team. That's not competing for but why does what, what team in the lottery gets exponentially better? But there might but but like you said, he's a risk, he's a gamble. He's just like okay, okay, okay. Let's slow it down. The only thing Ben Simmons needs to do is score. So why wouldn't so there's gotta be somebody out of all the teams that's like, dog, all we gotta do is get him to score and he'll be this once in a generational talent. There's gotta be a GM saying that somewhere. Yeah, and find one and sh- point them out to me, and then find how, out what you want. How much yeah, was it? Wait, 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 wait! Add that. Find out how much you got to give up to get to how get much? to get him, because that's only not giving Ben Simmons. You got to give her that contract. That you is also true. That. that is also true, but I'm just saying, like, there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there is somebody out there who would want to. I can't tell y'all who it is. I, if I did, oh. if I knew, I, I would how tell are you them. going to? How who is going to collect this 177 you keep, million? You keep telling me who. Damn is good. I don't know who. There's some, you keep saying who. Like I'm supposed yeah. to give you a name. Like, like, all right, so stay right. Everybody jumping to the point of training him. How are you gonna give 177 million to Damon? I just said he has to go. I never said you can trade him to the Timberwolves. The problem has to go. The problem is. You you negotiate now from a point of weakness because everybody knows you gotta move this guy. So who's to say like if I'm like if you come to me and say listen I got Ben Simmons, okay? <laughs> like no, what, 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 what you want from me? What you want from me? D'Angelo Russell? No. You can have Rookie Rubio. Like come on, now you you negotiating from behind now. So now you got to drum up all this, like, oh, yeah, like his jump shot's improving. Oh, yeah, he has a great attitude. Oh, like, all this stuff is going to come out, right? Because now all the stuff that's coming out now is he don't work. He he an Instagram chaser. Like, all he wants to do is play video games. And, and like, like all this, all the negative stuff is out now, right? But in, let's say, middle of August, are you going to hear his jump shot's improved? If I'm Ben Simmons, if I'm in Ben Simmons' camp, I'm his agent, stay off Instagram. Don't go, no videos, nothing. Let the, let it leak. Oh, he has a great attitude. Oh, he's he's steadily improving. Doc Rivers says he he likes his his energy. All this, you know, all that 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 nonsense. And then the, the trade, you know, then you'll start hearing more names. Right now, if you if you're the Sixers, you can't go negotiate from a point of 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 like you you starting you doing yourself a disservice by even entertaining this stuff right now because ain't no. It, like wh- why would why would Portland say yeah here go McCollum? Yeah, yeah I never know. agreed to that one. I'm just saying I'm I'm yeah I never said it to him. I'm just saying there's somebody out there like I'm there's sure, somebody out there. I'm you sure can there find. is somebody who would who would for the right price take take him on. The problem is the Sixers can't give him up for nothing because then let's like the Sixers can't get draft picks because now like draft picks do you no good now because you have to win now because Embiid. He's twenty. He's 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 closer to thirty. He's already got leg injuries. He's already had back. Pro- like he's he's his body is going to break down on him earlier because he, he, the big guys tend to fall off the cliff earlier, right? So now you can't do draft picks because you need to win now. So you can't trade Simmons to a team in the lottery because the team in the lottery usually only has either young guys or draft picks. Neither one of them really help you right now. You gotta get a veteran. Who's still in their prime? You can't do that because the guy can't shoot. You can't like. I'm sure there is somebody out there who would love to have Ben Simmons on their team. The problem is, they don't have to. Like they're going to say, like I don't have to give you anything for him. But the Sixers have to get something for him. And if that's the case, they'll just sit on him and hope he gets better. And if not, we'll have the same conversation next year when they lose in the second round. Like it is what it is at this point. They can't. They can't just cut him. And they have they have to get something for him, and they can't get crumbs 
because then they can't go back to the fans and say, you know, hey, we have CJ McCollum. Like, well, CJ McCollum don't make you better. I just don't. I just. I just can't. Like it's just a guy in the game seven. It's just I can't go to war with Ben Simmons. Like I know if I'm in the war, I can't have Ben Simmons on my team because I know he's not going to give me a bucket. So I understand yeah. what y'all are saying, and I understand where y'all are coming from. But my point is try. Like it doesn't hurt to try. All you have to do is try. The That's problem. All I'm the problem is, and I think I think part of it is like Daryl Moore already tried to trade him already. Like people aren't really talking about that. They they already kind of tried to trade him whether or not Houston was going to take him or not because I honestly Houston probably Houston only used Philadelphia as leverage to get get him to Brooklyn like they've already they've already said like they're willing to part ways with this guy his value is so low now that they kind of can't because at least before he was like at least before he would return you James Harden now he's going to return you CJ McCollum like it nah it doesn't make sense no, that's yeah. no, it's a strong points. All right, so Greg, we go to use last but not least, Greg. So, what do you think about Ben Simmons? And you know, considering everything you heard from each and every single one person, what do you feel like about Ben Simmons? Whether we trade him, whether we keep him, has anything influenced you? Like, just give me your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, we had him sign for at least four more seasons. Um, I just think that over the course of this summer, he just got a – I feel like this is just honestly the biggest um, summer of, like, his life because I think um, it's starting to hit him. I mean, I was watching Steve and A uh, first take and stuff, and they had mentioned, like, some close to the situation, say he doesn't work and he's babied and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's just, like, you kind of – I personally don't think they'll get the trade that they would want for him if they were to trade him now. I just, I don't know, with Ben, man, I just, I think Ben is just going to get back to his fundamentals. And I feel like his fundamentals were, like, how he was when he first got to the league. Like, I don't know if y'all remember that first year in Philadelphia, bro. Ben Simmons used to shoot. Like, the like not, like, shoot, like, three. I mean, like, Ben Simmons actually had, like, like the first, I want to say like the first half of that season, Ben Simmons would like pull up and like shoot like mid-range, like not on some like aggressive Kawhi Leonard stuff, but it was like something. But it just feels like every single time he came back from the off season, instead of like refining the game, he just started like cutting stuff out to the point where it just felt like he just cared about defense. And then if he had a, a shot in the in the lane, he would take that. But I'm telling y'all like, um, if y'all like were to watch him, like actually play, like wait, well, if y'all were to, like to go back and watch film, like and like watch his like early games, like it's like two different like people, like you wouldn't believe like something happened, like he had a serious injury or something like that. So I don't know. I just I think I'm just getting they're gonna they're not gonna get what they want for him, so they're gonna give him one more season to prove it. And if they can't, they're just gonna take what's best available. No, that's, yeah. that's definitely fair. You may, uh, no, that's definitely fair. So I think everyone feels like Ben Simmons is just, honestly, you, you don't know what to do with him. You're kind of unsure what to do with him. Some some of you guys are saying to trade him because, you know, some of you guys are saying he has no point. We got no point but to put up with whatever we can get from him. 
hopefully I feel like Ben just gets that jump shot. I mean, I don't know what Mars take about. He can still average 20 to 25 about. I feel like that jump shot will still always be a liability in the end that, you know, opponents are going to take advantage of. So I feel like having a jump shot is something necessary. But I, I am with Mars that he can score 20 to 25. But I don't know. He think he needs to get a jump shot first and foremost. But we move on to the last topic of today's episode. Kemba Walker just traded to OKC. Uh, okay, uh, the Celtics they received Moses Brown, uh, a second round draft pick, and Thunder they received uh, the first round draft pick. They're stocking up on draft picks. Uh, so what's your guys' thoughts about you know Kemba going to OKC and, and what that means for the Thunder having uh Shy Gills, Alexander, Kemba Walker in the backcourt? I want to swing that to Chris for straight to the point. Uh, I don't care about anything Kemba Walker related or the Thunder related. Uh, long live Lou Dort. I passed the rest of my time. <laughs> All right, Mark, I want to say it to you. Uh, just tell me what some of the <laughs> what, what's your thoughts on Kevin Walker and you know, Shay Gillis, Alexander, and OKC overall. I don't, they're just, I don't, they're, I don't know if they think they're gonna be Chris Paul and Shy, but they're not. Just, I don't know what they, I don't know what they're doing. They just traded trash for garbage. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they did. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. Chris from our podcast, what's your thoughts on the trade? It was just to get rid of Kimber Walker's contract. That was traded. He didn't, look, he didn't do what he's supposed to do, so they got rid of his contract. That was the only reason for the trade. What do you want me to think about that? I mean, Greg has some has some uh, uh, takes on it. He thought otherwise. I mean, Greg, what's your thought? Kimba Walker and Shy Gilders Alexander. Yeah, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I'm going with everybody. I don't know what I, I must have been on something if I said something else, bro. <laughs> this team, bro. This team, bro. Like, bro. What am I? Like, what am I? No one's going. Yeah, let me watch some OKC Thunder games now. Like, what? Like, son, bro. They're hot garbage. I would literally turn into watch Lou Dort. I'm not gonna lie to you, Chris. The Chris, dude, that was the a valid point. But I will sure. tell you that what the Thunder's going to do is Kemba is just going to be is just going to go back to being a lesser version of how he was in Charlotte to build him up to the point where he's at least somewhere between a second, mid second round first, may, maybe a late second round, a first, a late first round pick. And then they're gonna try. They're gonna try to do the same thing. They don't even care if the OKC wins. They're not even trying to win. They're just trying to have Kemba put up somewhere between like twenty to twenty-five points and look like a respectable point guard again. That's uh, able to stay healthy. And then near the deadline, the trade deadline, some desperate ass team is gonna trade for him. That's it. All right, that sounds fair. All right, but that concludes episode forty-two of the Restricted Zone podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and taking the time to listen to this episode. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to my special uh, guest, Chris, for Straight to the Point. Definitely check out his podcast. Uh, just give out give out your socials, Chris, and the podcast socials so everyone can tune in. Uh, first of all, thank you all for having me on. I appreciate it, as always. Always a good time talking with you, fellas. Um, like Kyle said, uh, I co-host Straight to the Point. Another sports podcast at STTP Podcast on all your favorite socials. Episode 69 is out right now, entitled Process of Elimination. Yeah, you get the point. Um, where we talk about Ben Simmons, we're talking about Trey Young, we're talking about you know all the things that are going on. We have a special guest on our podcast this week as well. 
He's a big Clippers fan, so you know I had to sit there. It's and like your audio went. Yeah, out. your audio went out towards the end. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Who, I don't know which part kind of cut out, but we had a you know we got a Sixers uh, Clippers fan on our pod this week, so I had to sit there and hear about how great the Clippers <laughs> are. Um, so definitely tune in for that. You can follow me on all your favorite socials. That's at underscore Chris Cross. And once again, thank you guys for having me. Always, and we definitely can't wait for more uh, future episodes. And also, you can follow us on Instagram at RestrictedZonePie on Instagram. And then each and every single one of our socials will be underneath inside the description where we post it. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever streaming you know uh, site that you guys have. We do have it. So you can tune in to us from wherever. Thank you. Enjoy, you guys, and have a blessed day.